into every generation, a champion is born. One contestant in all the world. A chosen one. They alone will wield the strength and skill to fight the arcane knowledge and the torture of the hot seat to stop the spread of the ignorant and the swell of their number. They are the champion. Hello, and welcome to this week's episode of Beat My Guest. I'm your host, AJ Mass. If you're new to the show, each week I invite a guest to sit in the hot seat and field questions in a wide variety of topics, earning as many points for the episode as they can. For those of you playing along at home, you have but one task set before you, and that is to see if you can beat my guest. But before you can beat my guest, you need to meet my guest, so let's give a warm welcome to today's guest. It's Anarchy Garcia. Anarchy, how are you? I am doing well. Hello, everybody. Welcome back into the hot seat. Uh, not your first rodeo, uh, but, you know, some people may be hearing you for the first time. They may be saying, who is this person? Uh, why don't you introduce yourself to the, the gaggle of people, the uh, millions and millions, I'm sure, who are, are tuning in? Yes, I know there are so many of you, but hello. My name is Anarchy. I am um, I'm not anything exciting. I'm an, an instructional design training manager. I live in Salt Lake City. We make learning stuff for medical professionals. Um, But I was on Jeopardy a little bit. I was in last year's Tournament of Champions. Um, I've done a little um, Geek Bowl stuff with uh, my good friend AJ here. He's on my team named the Sons of Anarchy for a reason I think we thought of at one point. And uh, yeah, you'll see me here and there around the trivia world. I'm kind of a noob, but life is good. Life, life, life is pretty good. Are you uh, suddenly uh, seeing spontaneous monoliths in your neck of the woods? Is that still going on, or is that a one-time deal? You know, and I wanted to go down and see it. Yeah, I'm in I'm in Salt Lake City, so we were um, close to the the appearing monolith down in the south of the state. I was really excited to go see it, and then it was gone before we got a chance. But yeah, we get a lot of really cool like monumental art out here because our landscape is weird and looks like another planet. Here's a cool thing people might not know. Um, There's an art installation way out in the Utah desert. It's actually hard to get to. You have to drive into Nevada and back, but it's called the Sun Tunnels. And that's funny. It's fun to visit on the solstices. We went last summer solstice and I'm thinking about going tonight. Maybe we'll see if we get out there. And it's these tubes that line up. They're big concrete tube art installations that line up with the sunset at the solstice so we get all kinds of of great weird stuff out here all right well enough about the beehive state let's behave ourselves beehive ourselves yeah Uh as you know anarchy this is our tournament our 2020 first annual beat my guest tournament you are sneaking in under the wire here you are contestant 15 out of 16 Many of the bars have been set, but perhaps you can steal a spot in the top six. That's all you're going to have to do in order to uh, make it to the semifinals, in which case it'll be a quick turnaround and we'll get right back on the phone. And that's easy peasy, you know, just beat all those other great trivia geniuses who have gone before me. So you never know. You never know. (laughs) Uh, Everyone gets a a fresh game, uh, but 
every single one of our games will kick off this season with this, that, or the other. For those of you listening for the first time, where have you been? Uh, let's give you the rules. I'm going to give Anarchy three categories, and then I'm going to read off a list of ten items for each item that she can place in the correct category. One point. One point headed your way there, Anarchy, if you do that. However, be careful. Some items may, in fact, fit multiple categories. And you will only get your point if you correctly state all of the categories into which that item fits. Two things I will promise you. Mm -hmm. I solemnly swear that every (laughs) item is going to fit in at least one category. No shenanigans on that regard. Also, these 10 items are being pulled at random from a larger list of items. So if you're thinking about using game theory to try and figure out uh, a balance, that's not going to help you. Yeah, I practiced counting cards for a couple weeks before I got here. So I'll put that skill away. Yeah. (laughs) Indeed. Uh, I was on the count team for a while at, uh, at a casino. I know how to find you. Interesting. So. Interesting. We can discuss later. Uh, <laughs> uh, all right. If you are ready, then let me give you your categories chosen at random earlier today. Anarchy, you're this. Coaches of the Lakers. Okay. Coaches <laughs> of the Lakers. Uh, and other human beings. Human beings have names, so okay. Yes, very true. Uh, <laughs> that German animals. Okay. German animals. Animals, gotcha. And your other words from operetta titles. Ooh, okay. I've heard of an operetta or two. Okay. Lakers mm-hmm. so, <laughs> coaches. German animals. Words. In operetta titles, one final thing before we get started, I do have to say, uh, this is an audio, you know, use your ears for this one, Uh, homophones are fair play, so I'm not going to be spelling anything for you. Of course, if you don't understand what I said, say, hey, what did you just say? That's fair. I'm happy to repeat it, but I'm not going to spell it for you because that could screw up uh, a a potential homonym uh, double dip, so... Gotcha. Yikes. You know when you're at the top of the roller coaster and you were like, I love roller coasters, and now you're sitting here going, why am I here? Yeah, I have a little of that feeling right now. Well, <laughs> you know what? We'll see what happens. Uh, you know, it's just a little warm-up. It's a little easy into the action here. Gotcha. Plenty of points ahead. Let's kick things off with item number one. Item number one is frosh. 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 I guess I should have, I don't know if you can tell me this, would the operetta titles be their English titles? Not necessarily. Not necessarily. Okay, because that might be like another language word. I don't think it's a German animal. I know a tiny bit of German. I'm just going to go with Lakers coaches, Frosch. That's my only, that's my best guess. Lakers coaches only. Lakers coaches only is your guess. Unfortunately, no. A Frosch is a cute little hoppy thing. Dang it. It is a German frog is a frosh. A frog is a frosh. Okay. I'm sorry to my ancestors. <laughs> it's all right. It's all right. That, that's one. It's one. Nine to go. Nine to go. Keep the ball rolling here. Let's go. Uh, item number two. Item two is Flatermouse. A Flatermouse is a bat in German, and it is also an operetta. It's the only opera I've ever seen, the Flatermouse. So I'll put it in those two. Indeed, Dave Flatter Mouse, and uh, it is a bat. Well done. One point for you. See, no shutout. Yeah, there we go. All right. It only I took two questions. <laughs> it's all good. You'll be fine. You'll be fine. Uh, number three on the list, Vogel. Vogel. Oh, okay. I, I know Vogel is a surname. Vogel. 
also sounds like an animal vocal, like a like a vole or a mole or a thing like that. Mm, vocal, vocal. Dang it! I'm going to. I can't overthink this, but let's just let's say <laughs> let's say coaches only. Coaches only. Coaches only. Like farmersonly.com that comes to mind. Yes. Coachesonly.com. <laughs> I'd like to date a coach. Uh, well, Frank Vogel. Uh, Vogel is indeed a coach of the Los Angeles Lakers. Unfortunately, Vogel also means bird in German. I should have done it. I should have gone with that. Yeah. I do believe that uh, Vogel was actually coach of the Indiana Pacers at one point, which would mean that he had the same job that Larry Bird once had, but his name is Vogel, which means bird. And that is actually kind of funny to me. All right. A rocky start, but... We shall persevere. Remember, plenty of opportunities for points still to come. Item number four, Blindaku. 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 That doesn't sound as German as the other words. Blindaku. I I don't know. Is that a coach? Is that like an Eastern European guy? Let's just say it's a coach. Unfortunately, no. Blindaku... (laughs) is an operetta. It uh-huh. is uh, by Johann Strauss. Um, it means blind man's oh. bluff. And uh, so it is German. It, it is German, which is interesting because if it was just coup, then that would be cow. But yeah. blind coup oh. means blind man's bluff blind or, or man's bluff. blind man. I, I'm not quite sure if it means blind cow. There might be Probably. a cognate thing there, but coup is cow. Blind coup, not all coups are blind. <laughs> gotcha. Gotcha. All right, let's let's get you back on the right track here. Let's get back on the right track here. Yeah, how about you ask them? I know. Oh, well, <laughs> I don't know. You're random. I don't know. Uh, number five. Item number five. Fared. I know this is a horse. I know that fared is German for horse. I knew that before it was a question in our OQL league match the other day. But is fared also in an operetta? You know, that sounds like a likely thing. Watch me lose a point on a word that I know because I don't know the opera stuff. But let's just say it's an animal. It is just an animal. I mean, you know, there could be a million operettas out there, minor operettas where you're possibly right. sure. If, if, if all of you are out there going, I watched an operetta called The Horse at one point. The, the Blinda Third. That's my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, even a, third. Yeah, even a <laughs> even a blind affair catches the nut every once in a while or something like exactly. that. Uh, that is correct. It is is Derbid for horse. Well done. All right, two points in the first half here. All right, that's good for not knowing any Lakers coaches at all. So not bad. Well, we still got five more to go though. So let's yeah. get you on the back end here. Number six, fund. 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 Uh, let's just say that's an operetta and nothing else. Uh, I'm sorry, no, that would be Randy Fund, the coach yeah. of the Lakers at one time. Uh, sounds, you know, starts the same as Fair, it's got that PF, mm-hmm. so. Mm-hmm. Uh, and when PF Hutton says. <laughs> item number seven, Lom. 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 It's probably spelled with an H. It's probably L A H M, because that's Germany sounding. Um, Lom. It's probably a lamb. It's probably close enough to English that it's an animal. Is it anything else? Let's go animal only. It's animal only. 
Very good. Very well done there. Although, you know, there, it, it is a last name, too, so certainly possibly could have been, but tisn't. Uh, we're going to move on to item number eight. Item eight is Vitva. 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 Vitva is probably spelled with W's. Vitva sounds like an opera word. And could it be a name? It could be a name. But let's say just operetta for fun. Just operetta is correct. Vitva translates to widow. Uh There you go. Uh, Item number nine. Item nine. Ente. Ente. Or enta. Like Yenta. uh, That sounds like it's probably in an operetta title. It probably means something dramatic. (laughs) And it could be a name. And it could be, could that be an animal, an Enta? Like a, I don't know. Let's say just operetta, because it's my best guess. Unfortunately, that is not correct. That would be a German word meaning duck. A duck is an Enta. Quack, quack. Waddle, waddle. Quack, quack, waddle, waddle. And number 10. Number 10 is Schauser. Schaus. Schaus. Would you pronounce Schauser or would you say Schaus? I think either or, and I'm giving them both, you know, I gave them both mm-hmm. to you as options there. Schauser. I feel like Schaus is a last name. I think I knew somebody with that last name. So that's making me give a reasonable guess for a coach. Is it anything else? Is a shouse an animal? Shouse. Shouse. I'm going to say coach only. Coach only. We're talking about Fred Shouse, who was one of the earlier coaches of the Los Angeles Lakers. Uh, I think actually maybe when they were in Minneapolis, to be honest with you. But uh, Lakers coaches, hey. <laughs> it's, in the, <laughs> it's in the same organization. It counts. Uh, nice. Well done. That'll be five points for you. Five is not a bad score by any stretch of the imagination. And this was a particularly difficult one. So, uh huh. There we go. Thank you. Proud of yourself for this. I, I, I did know like one opera in there, so I feel all right about that. <laughs> Coach Leadermouse, I can't make it to practice this week. <laughs> what, what are you? What are you holding that bat for? No, I live up to my name, sir. <laughs> smack, smack, smack. Uh, anywho. Five points. Well done. Uh, I've been yapping a little bit too much here, I think. People are tired of hearing my voice. They're tired of hearing me yeah, you prattle on about things that I really don't know too much about. But I've asked you to come prepared, Anarchy, with a little bit of little tidbit, little bit of knowledge of your own. So I ask you, Anarchy, this is your time in the spotlight. What do you know? All right. Well, I know I combined a couple of my nerdy pastimes here. I love language stuff and I love food. So I got you a language food tidbit and some of you might know this this might be old hat but in case you don't i wanted to tell you about the name of a vegetable it's a leafy green that we call arugula in the united states it's that bitter little guy who comes in the mixed veggies gives your gives your salad a little peppery kick i like arugula but um its name in other english-speaking countries is different and I looked up why. I had to find out where the name came from. And we call it arugula because of a certain Italian dialect in which they called it rucola. And so those Italians who came over here and were like, here's some rucola. And we're like, okay, arugula, that sounds good. But another related Italian word in a different dialect is rucetta. And so they were calling out rucola and rucetta. 
and the other English speakers in Britain and Australia and all the other countries took their name from Ruketa and they call it Rocket, R-O-C-K-E-T, which I think is the coolest name for a food possible. We like some Caesar, a <laughs> rocket? <laughs> yes, a little rocket salad. Doesn't a rocket salad sound way cooler than this? It, it actually does, yeah. It, it sounds yeah. like it would be a hot, spicy dish. Right, and it is. It's got a little bit of kick in that little green. So next time you're in the Commonwealth and you'd like a nice little zippy salad, ask for some rocket in your greens. Well, sure. I mean, I'm not allowed more than three blocks from my house, but I'll be uh, <laughs> <laughs> hopping on a vir- the next Virgin Airlines flight out of out of uh, right. Atlantic City Airport. Yeah. Uh, excellent. No, that's a fun little tidbit. I appreciate it. Thank you so much for sharing. I like learning just as much as the next guy, so it's kind of cool. All these little facts here. I hope you guys at home are listening and enjoying the facts as well. Before we get back into the, uh, the hellacious torment that is answering AJ's questions, which is, hey, we're, we're up to that part now. You know, the part of the game that doesn't have a name, but it's got five <laughs> questions, and the scores don't say the same, or more likely than not, they actually have stayed the same, but you're going to be a trendsetter here. Uh, here's how it works. Five questions. First question going to be worth one point. The second question going to be worth two points. Third question, a little bit of a different twist of a question there. A little fungo question is going to be worth up to three points. Then we round out the round with one question worth four points. And the fifth question worth five entire points. Thank you for all saying it with me. Good job. Uh, <laughs> bye. Bye. <laughs> And Elmo, this is please. where you, yeah, things sets me straight. This is where you tie in to my fact, right? Somehow, weirdly, obscurely, after the fact, tell me how it connected. Gotcha. Indeed, indeed. <laughs> that's uh, that's kind of how we roll here, uh, Anarchy. Are you ready for your one point question? I am ready. Look, here it is. In 1972, Italian singer. Adriano Celentano had a hit song throughout Europe called Prison Calling Ensign in Quisol. According to Celentano, what story from the Bible inspired him to write this catchy little ditty? Oh, see, I know this song. It's that one. It's it's supposed to sound like gibberish English. It's like prison calls of Juso. All right. See, I know the song. I'm trying to think of what story from the Bible would have inspired that. Oh, maybe the Tower of Babel? Is that going to be close enough to tie in Tower of Babel, like, babbling things sounding like English? That's that's a good guess, so I'm going to go with the Tower of Babel. The Tower of Babel is your answer. And, well, since you're familiar with the song, I mean, that made it a lot easier. I'm sure there are a lot of people out there who have no idea what we're talking about. But, yes, indeed. YouTube it. It's great. It's like he's just doing gibberish, but he makes it, he's trying to sound like English. And it sounds like a little Bob Dylan-ish. It's pretty great. Uh, he was a popular singer. He had a few hits over there. And then he was it's like he was getting upset because his songs didn't make it up the charts because pretty much anything that <laughs> came over in English, the Italians would just eat up. So he's like, Scro- mm-hmm. screw it. I can make up English. I don't I even know the language. <laughs> and yeah, so is it. All right. Yeah. So yeah. So yes. So the tie-in there is, uh, like you said, the people had different pronunciations of, of whichever word they used for for the arugula. And <laughs> there we go. Spun off to this, and indeed he got the inspiration from the Tower of Babel because no one could understand what anyone was saying anyway. So uh, nice. Very now good. I the, now I know the biblical history to that song. 
There you go. One point for you. Add it to your five. Means you are now at six. You're climbing. You're climbing. Six is not a negative number. So. I think Carmela suggested go. the climb a couple of episodes back. I think <laughs> yeah. It's the leader in the clubhouse here. I think yeah. we might go with that. We'll see. Uh, I'm naturally doing it. All right. Two points question. Let's see how well you do with this one. Four two points. The 1966 film Incubus, starring William Shatner, tells the tale of sexy succubi sisters who terrorize a town until one of them falls in love with the future Captain Kirk. What made this film unique in the history of American cinema? Incubus, William Shatner, 66. What made it unique? I mean, he had the first on-screen interracial kiss in Star Trek. So I don't know if it would have been like an interracial movie. I mean, obviously I'm a little behind on my succubus movies starring William Shatner, so I'm just kind of digging around here, but what would have made this unique? 66, they already had color. Film was kind of a thing. They were succubus sisters. Would it be the first, like, interracial couple? What else would be the first around that time? 66, William Shatner. I'm not coming up with a believable guess on anything else. And him and Uhura weren't a couple when they kissed on screen. So maybe it's, well, should I say couple or marriage? Or maybe I'll just say, is it the first interracial couple in a movie? A first interracial couple in a movie. Uh, well, you are certainly correct that the uh, first on screen television uh guess between uh you know it's i mean technically depends on your definition because race is a construct some people say you know hey what about right. des Arnaz and lucille ball you know the, 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 the. so you know uh, generally speaking between a white man and a black woman captain kirk lieutenant O'Hara is generally considered that the uh, that little bit of history that hopefully will just be forgotten to the ages at some point because who really gives a darn uh no unfortunately that is not the correct answer that we're looking for here uh interestingly enough this film actually disappeared for about 30 years or so like it just it just got lost in time because it didn't really get any traction here there weren't a lot of uh copies of the film made and actually did a little bit better in france uh to probably say within the last 20 years that they found a copy of it and kind of has made the rounds again this is one of only four films worldwide and the only one in america ever to be filmed 100 percent entirely in the language of esperanto oh my goodness <laughs> that's they, that's something special but hey they wrote it in english they uh, translated the script uh, to esperanto and handed it to the actors who memorized it phonetically and apparently people who actually do speak esperanto say that it's it's one of the worst pronunciations <laughs> <laughs> it's completely off but there's captain kirk before he was captain kirk he's oh my talking goodness. but he's speaking in esperanto and uh, it's yeah. it's something Lost in a film vault in France for nearly 35 years, it was rediscovered by producer Anthony Taylor. Incubus, a masterpiece of expressionistic horror, does not disappoint. Weird and wonderful, the effect is maximum terror. It is <laughs> yeah, memorizing things phonetically doesn't really work in a lot of, yeah, 
So I can I can imagine that being rather painful to hear. But well, interesting. At least, no. they, at least they gave it a shot. <laughs> they, they did. They gave it a try. Uh, you know, so it's, it's it's if you if you're if you're into sexy succubi sisters <laughs> sing, speaking uh, tongues, there you go. Have I got a movie for you? <laughs> Can't give you the points on that one, but six is still a pretty pretty good score as we head into the three-point question the fungo uh three of a kind here is how this works just like the old classic beat my guest question uh there are three disparate clues all pointing towards the same singular answer how we're doing it for the tournament is if you get it on the first clue hey three points sent your way if you need two clues to guess the word that i'm looking for that'll be two points and if you need all three clues one point is still going to be added to your positive column there of course if you three strikes you're out that's zero points and hey you know what am i going to do here you know you got to get it right to get the points i mean you know come on come on what do you think i am here like uh, some sort of a charitable organization nah 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 hey see 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 i don't know what i'm doing here but i'll stop now uh <laughs> also anarchy uh one of the clues you know is one that i think is a little bit easier and potentially could get you in in one one of them is kind of medium level, and one of them is a little more difficult for you to uh, nail the answer. But far be it from me to decide for you which one you're going to get. You are going to pick randomly between those three clues, which I have placed in columns A, B, and C. Which one would you like first? Well, A is for anarchy, so that's good enough for me. Let's go there. All right. A is for anarchy. That's good enough for me. Oh, anarchy, anarchy, anarchy starts with A. Or something like that. Good luck. <laughs> Here is your first clue. Alter ego of Garfield Linz. Garfield Linz. Alter ego. Not Garfield the cat, probably. Probably this is probably a different dude. Garfield <laughs> Linz. Garfield Alter Ego. I don't know that I know enough. Maybe this sounds like a turn of the century-ish guy. What would an alter ego person be at that time? Alter ego. Um or maybe it's an early Hollywood person. Maybe it's like Stan Laurel. Maybe he had a stage name. Uh, unfortunately, no, it is not Stan Laurel, but you still have two clues remaining. Would you like B or C next? Let's go with B, because why not? Why not, indeed? Your clue B for this fungo is Childhood Chase E. Okay, so that would be Jerry? Jerry got chased in the childhood cartoons. Jerry would be who else got chased? Childhood Chase E. Would like tag your it. I'm not thinking of any better answers. I like my guess of Jerry. That's my guess. It's a very cromulent guess. Not correct, however. So we're going to move on to your final clue. Your clue C. For those of you keeping score at home, cult sci-fi show. Cult sci-fi show. And just for like, clarity's sake here, because this is not, you know, I can spell stuff in this round, so that would be sci-fi as in science fiction, not mm -hmm. as in the television network sci-fi. Gotcha. Yeah. So science fiction show with cult status, things like Doctor Who, like Babylon 5, that was a cult one, like The Expanse, or other sci-fi shows that were cult status. Star Trek kind of was when it started. How does this relate to a childhood chase E? How does this relate to Garfield Lynn's? Oh man, somebody out there listening is like, this is so obvious. It's this like, why don't you see it? Uh, <laughs> well, that's always going to be the case. Sci-fi show, cult sci-fi show. What else is there? 
I love sci-fi, but I'm more of a books person, a TV and movie person. I am a Doctor Whovian, a Whovian, but that's Doctor Who, Childhood Chasey. That's not ringing any bells for me. Childhood Chasey, It. Was It a show? You're It. If I tag you, you're It. Maybe Garfield Lins was Cousin It. That's my guess. I think It is my guess. That's a, a fine line of thought there. I enjoy. I enjoyed that immensely. <laughs> it, cousin, it, sure. Uh, not correct, unfortunately. Cannot give you the points here. Uh, yeah, it's a tough one, I think, if you, especially if you don't know who Garfield Lins is. Not my wheelhouse either, but uh, Garfield Lins is a character uh, in the DC Comics uh, uh-huh. world. He is a supervillain. Also known as Firefly. Oh, dang it. Why didn't I list Firefly in cult TV shows? I love Firefly. And of course, as your child at night, you would chase the fireflies at night to catch them in the jars. All you privileged people who live places with fireflies got to experience (laughs) that magic as a child. Some of us had our tarantulas and we were happy with it, so... Well, you know, <laughs> I suppose I could have said Peter Parker and then uh, Childhood Chasey, and then uh, everyone would be like, what are you talking about? Because no one else chased spiders, but sure, why not? <laughs> <laughs> and roly-polies. We're, we're big in roly-polies. There you go. That was a good clue, but I didn't get it. Hey, you know, it happens. It's, it's, you know, the, the, the fungo, your mileage may vary. But, you know, I think people either get them immediately or they're not going to get them. And it's right. fun on the rare cases where someone, like, does get it on, like, that third clue. But, you know, it, we shall see. Uh, it ain't going away, folks, because for me, the fungo is full of fun. And we're going to go to it as often as we can. Two questions left here. You're, you're stuck on six, but... The two highest-scoring questions of the uh, middle round here are still raring to go. Four points is next. Are you ready for the four? I think so. Might as well be. So, uh, you know, I I like to try and spin off uh, the four questions in this round that are not the fungo. uh, Of the fact that my guest has brought to me. uh, And, uh, well, I apologize in advance for the reach that I'm doing on this one. but. I enjoy it. I'm going to chuckle. Maybe some Uh-oh. of you will as well. So, you, of course, were talking to us about the history of arugula. So, this is a question about a rugala of sorts. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> a 2020 holiday special airing on Hulu describes itself thusly. Drag queens, sentient eggnog, song and dance, a naked man. As magical as flying reindeer and as unexpected as a virgin birth. (laughs) Name either of the titular drag queens in this unexpected smash hit. Both drag queens have appeared on RuPaul's Drag Race. Oh, well, I know who RuPaul is. I know about RuPaul's Drag Race. I obviously have not seen or come across this apparently magical holiday time thing that's going on i'm trying to dig for the name of some of the people like i know they're in the pop culture world who are some of those drag queens oh man i know everybody who knows them is like <laughs> come on it's so easy <laughs> oh it's not easy that's why it's worth four i mean i mean if you know it you know some it but... names of drag queens i'm i'm just gonna try to think of a really good drag queen name let's think of like uh i think i'm gonna name her Patty Larceny. See? See what I did there? 
It's a pun, and it's yeah. also a female name. So that's what I'm going to go with. <laughs> Petty larceny there. Yay, I don't believe that one's taken. At least I haven't heard it, so well done there. No, no, unfortunately. <laughs> well, they're, they're actually, I do believe there could be some petty larceny in this special it is a delightful special i mean it's i, I understand that the drag queen uh culture and and comedy is not everybody's cup of tea to be sure i get that and certainly nsfw ho 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 nsfw do not bring the kids in for this one uh but uh i found it delightful i believe it's currently sitting at 98 percent on rotten tomatoes as well it's getting a lot of buzz a lot of a lot of fun this would be the Jinx and Dela holiday uh, special, starring Jinx Monsoon and Ben De La Creme. You come once a year, wish I could make you come more. Is the chimney too tight? You can use the back door. Can you go all night? Cause I can take a plenty. Don't want to let you leave until your sack is empty. More power for you, ladies. All right, one last question for five points in this round. Okay. Let's get you some points here. I'm rooting for you. Here it is. Who won the first of his 14 Grammys in 1983, beating out Quincy Jones and James Brown with a song that, for most people, stirs up memories of sculptures by renowned artist Jim Whiting? Sculptures by Jim Whiting. Well, sometimes I get an idea of what I think it might be. And my brain goes totally there, and it locks out any other critical thinking that I might get to. But when I was thinking of 1980s, someone who had a lot of Grammys and sculptures, the first thing that popped to mind was a favorite music video masterpiece, which was Hello by Lionel Richie, in which he has a totally not inappropriate at all relationship with a blind student of his, and it's weird, but I love it. She sculpts his face out of clay, even though she's never seen him. Um, so that could be, like, that sculpture in the music video could be by this sculptor who I haven't heard of. I'm trying to think if there's any other music videos or things from that era that bring to mind sculptures. 83 sculptures. Like, that's, like, um, the Robert Palmer guy, Addicted to Love, was later, who had famous videos and imagery that would have had sculptures. This guy has 14 Grammys, so he's no slouch. I feel like Lionel Richie would have won something earlier, though, with the Commodores. <sighs> See, I thought of this one thing, and now I can't get past it, and I can't think of anything else. 83, 14 Grammys, sculptures by this dude. And it's one person who won these Grammys, and he beat Quincy Jones and some others. I think Lionel Richie's the best guest I'm going to get. And I'm going to kick myself if it's something else more obvious, but that's what I'm going to go with. Well, I know what she has won <laughs> many Grammys. Absolutely. Uh, I seem to recall about maybe five years ago, uh, Jimmy Fallon, who is one of the things he likes to do is to recreate videos, classic videos mm -hmm. of the past, usually with Paul Rudd. But in this case, he, uh, Jimmy Fallon played Lionel Richie. And then he pulled out the sculpture and was the actual head of Lionel Richie singing along with him, which nice. <laughs> very nicely done there. Yes, absolutely. I totally remember that video. Uh, was not expecting that guess, but certainly when you said it, <laughs> makes total sense 100%. Unfortunately, it is not answer that we're looking for. We were looking for a song that 
did probably uh, get most of its uh, renown because of its uh, MTV uh, status, its, its buzz on MTV. Uh, the video consisted of all these robotic uh, mannequin-type papier-mâché electronic sculpture things from Jim Whiting, who was uh, very well known and did stuff all over London and South Africa. This was just they hired him to do this, and he made these uh, mechanical sculptures that dance to the music in this video. Uh, it was a big hit. It was the uh, R&B Instrumental Grammy. Oh, Instrumental. And, and that would be from uh, famous jazz musician Herbie Hancock. Oh, 83 seems late to me. Yeah, but I'm not, I was also two years old, so I wasn't... Yeah, <laughs> and of course the, the name that. of the song that we're talking about here is Rocket. Ah, of course it is. Yeah, <laughs> he's not really in my genre very much, but I do. I should have thought because Quincy Jones is big instrumental. Yeah, I, if, yeah, if memory serves, Quincy Jones was actually nominated for an instrumental version of a Michael Jackson song that he had produced. Like maybe it was "Beat It" or something like that. But he had like done a, a jazz instrumental version of of uh, his own work, basically. <laughs> Still uh, himself. Well, Herbie Hancock and your sculptures. Good job. Yeah. <laughs> Started really hot. <laughs> we didn't get any higher than six. We're but not. all is not lost. Nay, nay, there is still one final question before you, Anakey. One final chance to improve your score. Here is the guillotine. We got the guillotine. Yes, invokes no terror at all. <laughs> One question is for you. One answer is required. If you get it right, Anarchy, I will double your score. And happily so, that six is going to turn into 12 faster than uh, you can kick out to... Yes, that was Rocket. That was Rocket. <laughs> oh my goodness. How could you not get a Grammy with that? <laughs> sure, genius. Uh... If you get it wrong, Anarchy, again, no harm, no foul. Your score will stay exactly the same unless, unless. and there's always a catch, yes, if either you choose not to give an answer. I mean, come on, giving up, not an option. Uh, or if you give an answer that just completely does not fit the category at all, I mean, shame on you for that one, but, uh, you know, I'd have to dock you points for that. But what is more likely to happen if it's going to happen if you give me the wrong answer that I have pre-selected as being the guillotine answer, then it's off with your head. And your score will get chopped in half, just like you would chop up some arugula for a salad. Yes, just like that. Just like that, indeed. Oh, my poor little six pieces of arugula sitting there <laughs> on the chopping block. All right, here, Anarchy, is your guillotine question. Think about it. Choose wisely. Good luck. What is the largest... Of the 13 Canadian provinces and territories in terms of land area, looking for the largest Canadian province and or territory. Lump them all together. You got 13 of them. Mm -hmm. The largest in terms of land area. Go! <laughs> and this is extra tricky because it would have been Northwest Territories until it split into Northwest Territories and none of it. And now I have to know whether 
Northwest Territories or Nunavut or Yukon are bigger. Because I'm assuming it's one of those. The others are tall, but they're more narrow. Quebec is no slouch. It's kind of biggish. Um, but I'm pretty sure it's one of those territories. And if I guess the wrong one, it's probably the guillotine. Because you would pick the one that's closest to the right answer. So I just can't win here, can I, AJ? Unless... <laughs> well, look, you unless can win if you give the correct reasoning answer. Reasoning <laughs> is correct, and I'm 33% on the lucky side of guessing the right one. You know, I actually read a lot about none of it one time, just because I felt like it. And I was trying to word a really clever joke about the uh, the Canadian government wanted the Northwest Territories, but the Indigenous people were having none of it. See? See? Um, but I, I guess it's more correctly pronounced Nunavut, but it doesn't, yeah, it doesn't work, but I, I went with it anyway. But which one is bigger? <laughs> I think the bigger one, I know Nunavut has a really small population because it's just like a few little communities on the coasts. So it's like really tiny population, but there is a lot of land going on up there. I'm going to guess Nunavut because it's my sentimental favorite. It's on the mental journey to Nunavut. <laughs> Alrighty, well, uh, let us discuss here. I mean, on, on the on the positive side, right off the bat, I mean, you gave an answer. You gave an answer mm -hmm. that was indeed a Canadian province and/or territory. So, so far, that guillotine slicer is still up there. So, <laughs> uh -huh. all right, no default beheadings here today. Uh, you had mentioned that. Uh, I forget exactly how you how you how you parsed it, but uh, Quebec is no slouch, I believe you said. <laughs> oh man, uh, Quebec Big giant Quebec over there. Yeah, Quebec, uh, one point three five million uh, square kilometers. I use kilometers because it's Canada. Right. <laughs> one point three five million square kilometers there for uh, Quebec, which is slightly more than. The guillotine answer, which checks in at 1.14 million square kilometers, that guillotine answer Northwest is Territories. Northwest Territories with 1.87 million square kilometers. You'll be having all of it. It is Unifoot <laughs> indeed. Well done. That is the correct answer. You have survived the guillotine. I was so nervous there at the last minute. So nervous. Hey. I would like to let my Canadian friends know that I do know a small amount about your country. Not enough. <laughs> but I do make my little efforts. The key there being small. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, congratulations. That six bounces all the way up to 12. Uh, that is the good news. The bad news, of course, is that that is not going to be enough to advance you into the semifinals. Uh, and also, as you are the 15th contestant here, that locks in. We, we, can, we can safely lock in our top four seeds here. Let me set the stage as uh, we are, are happy to announce our semifinalists will include Mr. John Presloyd, Mr. Jeffrey Seguritin, Ms. Muffy Morocco, and Mr. Steve Bonneman. Our... Final two spots still up for grabs because Heather Hurley and Cheyenne Fletcher are tied fifth and sixth. We'll have to see. Do they both get in or does our mystery guest number 16 slide in ahead of them? In which case, I'll have to figure out some sort of tiebreaker for the two of them to battle it out. That is all uh, for the future. For the present, 
Anarchy, thank you so much for being here. It was a blast on my end. I hope you had a good time uh, before you go. I am happy to be the uh, the big fat part of the bell curve upon which the other people sit on top. So hey, you, you tied in. So you know, <laughs> no bragging so rights on go. the team for that one. There. Uh, anything you want to shout out, pimp? The, the, the floor, as they say, is yours. You know, I still, in theory, have a cookbook coming out. It's it was supposed to get done in 2020 and 2020 happened so that's that's on the horizon but in the meantime um i'd recommend this holiday season if people are feeling generous to head over to international rescue committee because they are one of my favorite um, charities to support they support a lot of refugees around the world both in locations in refugee camps all over and then people being resettled in other countries so um if you have a little extra cash to throw around, throw it towards those guys. They're one of my favorites. Yeah, well, as we record this, we don't know how much extra cash we're getting from the government, but you never know. Uh, you never know. <laughs> we'll see how that turns out here. Eddie, thank you so much for being here. You have been a uh, fun guest. You have been a longtime supporter of the podcast, and I appreciate that. For those of you out there who want to join the community, we have a Facebook group called Beat My Guest the Fans Hot Seat. If you want to just yell at me for asking such mean questions and being such mean to my guests, uh, or yeah. you know, just, just yeah, anything. Yeah, <laughs> at Pot on Twitter. You can find me there. That's the easiest way to get a hold of me. And, of course, if you'd like to support the cause, uh, we're going to say no to that. Patreon.com slash BeatMyGuest. Not as worthy as what Anakin was talking about, but still just as welcome. <laughs> Helps make shows like this possible. I sound like a PBS pledge driver, so I'm going to get out of here. Uh, merry, happy, and happy, merry. Uh, we will probably be back after the new year with our final episode in the tournament. So I hope to see you all then. Have a happy holiday season, everybody. And until the next time... Thank you for listening. Take care, and bye-bye. Did you beat our guest, or did our guest beat you? Tell us all about it on Twitter at BMGPod. And if you like what you've heard, spread the word. This has absolutely not been a Mark Goodson, Bill Todman production.